and welcome to another spooky Halloween episode of Retrovaniacs. As always, I'm Jeremy Parmentier here with Billy Holiday. Don't you do it. Don't do it. Gabooga. Oh, boy. <laughs> and Jeremy Gregory. Ah. Still too scared from the last couple shows. Uh-huh. And this is just, it's going to, Jer- not helping Jeremy, how, how, how did that cardiologist appointment go after the last recording? I'm, I'm still down for the most part. Uh, you know, for, for reasons other than that, but I'm sure that that is part of it. So mm. <laughs> it's, it's been a rough couple of weeks since you last said boo. And uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting out of October alive, honestly. Mm. Well, we're almost there. We've had our, our first full episode was on Resident Evil Code Veronica. We've had one bonus show on our bonus feed for our patrons, which was all about uh, some Atari 2600 games. We have two more bonus shows coming out. Uh, actually, the second one may have already been posted before this. It depends on how fast I can edit both. But tonight we're going to talk about another series uh, that's not Resident Evil. It's horror-based. Uh, we're going to return to Silent Hill for Silent Hill 3, originally released for the PS2. But before we get to that, instead of, again, talking about games we've been playing, because I'm going to be honest... All I've been playing is Metroid Dread, which I did finish. Did any of you guys finish Metroid Dread? No, I haven't finished it quite yet. I, I'm I'm staggering around on there. I, I, I'm no good at Metroid games. I, I love it. Um, I, I'm really enjoying it. But, I mean, the fact remains, I'm not good at them. So, uh, it's, you take whatever time it took you to finish it. Maybe, maybe double it. And then I'll be there. And I have not played it yet. Ah, well, it... it you know what? Without spoiling it, I I think you guys will enjoy If you like the other Metroids, like Fusion and, and Super Metroid, I cannot imagine not liking it. Uh, it does end very mm-hmm. strong. I think the last part of the game is better than the first part, and I like the first part. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's mm-hmm. our, uh, our what we've been playing. So let's just dive right in to this episode's game, Silent Hill 3, originally released for the PlayStation 2 in 2003. Hold on. There's someone that wants to meet you. Just let me have an hour. No half an hour of your time. My daddy always told me not to talk to strangers. This is very important. It's about your birth. I'm not interested. Oh, hot damn. I've been wait I've been waiting for this one since last year. Um, you know, we we did talk about a Resident Evil game earlier in the month, and that's good. Um, you know, get the the middling, you know, kind of eh survival horror franchise out of the way so we can talk about the real fucking deal which is silent hill um which came around and basically you know trounced every chance resident evil had of being the survival horror king and we talked about two last year which is still considered uh, by many to be the best in the series considered to be like one of the better ps2 games around and i was needless to say uh super excited when this one rolled around, I, I followed this one from the first little image they threw up in the magazines. And this was a day one pickup for me. I sat down and just, I, I was blown away um, by, by, by just how, with the high hopes I had after two, how this game really met them. And I, I was so happy playing through this. And I would go back and play two and three, usually packed back over and over and over again over the years um i was going to play it again anyway this year even if we weren't reviewing it i love to work through um you know the the first first four silent hill games uh so yeah i you know we we locked we locked old jeremy p in when we found out he hadn't played a lot of silent hill we said something's got to change so yeah I, 
super excited to be here talking about three. We've only really got one more year of this to go, I think. I mean, are we going to do uh, The Room? I'm guessing we have to. I, I would no, love we have to. to. We got to. Uh, yeah, the, the Room is probably one of the more interesting ones to actually talk about. Uh, I For this one, yeah, I, you know, Silent Hill 2 will always be my favorite. And mm -hmm. it is one of the, you know, it's considered one of the best games ever, honestly, in certain circles. My my yeah. circle, you know, if you're in my circle, you're going to hear about Silent yeah. Hill 2. And, if, uh, if, you're worth a sh if you're worth a shit. That's right. Yeah. That's my shirt. If you're worth a shit, you like Silent mm -hmm. Hill 2. And that's, that's right. Know, I, <laughs> I haven't taken it off for 20 years now. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, this is one of those games where I... I actually didn't read too much of a preview of it because I was like, I don't really want to spoil this at all. Mm -hmm. And uh, when it started, I was just elated to see that it was an actual sequel this time because I thought they were going to do, you know, each Silent Hill game was going to be its own story. It wasn't yeah, be connected yeah. to any previous Silent Hill because Silent Hill 2 was about, you know, it's just, the Silent Hill itself was going to be the thing that connects all of these characters. Um, but this one, it's a direct sequel to one. And uh, that that scene when you first go back and see what happened to it's old Harry, goddamn! <laughs> yeah. I was just like, holy shit, get ready! And uh, it was I, I sat down for a thrill ride and a, a thrill ride I got. Mm -hmm. Yeah, much like uh, when we started playing Silent Hill one and two, uh, I really didn't have any experience at all with three. At least Silent Hill one I had played a little of, uh, but much like Silent Hill two, which we covered last year, and Silent Hill one two years ago. So if you didn't listen to those two, I guess. You have two more great episodes to hear about the Silent Hill series. But this one I knew nothing about at all. I knew it was a sequel to one just because my brother, who's a big Silent Hill fan, was like, oh, you're going to love when you get to three. Um, but other than that, I didn't want to know anything about it. So I went into it blind. Um, for the purposes of this podcast and for full disclosure, I did not play this on the PlayStation 2 because a copy of this game on PlayStation 2 is easily going to run you 100 bucks. Uh, but you, if mm. you have an, an Xbox 360, you can still download the uh, HD um, kind of remaster treatment they did of two and three together for, I think I got it on sale for seven or eight dollars or something. Um, it's still not, you know, purists will tell you to play the PlayStation 2 release. And if I had a hundred dollars laying around, sure, I would have done that, but I didn't. And it still is the exact same game. It just has some graphical issues that I think may have some, may have been something I ran into. And I'll get to those, uh, when, when we, when we get to that part of the game, I'll ask you guys if that is something that's just on the HD or if you think the PlayStation 2 had the same issues. Uh, there were definitely some, some minor graphical issues, but also I know the voices were changed. Uh, that said, since mm -hmm. I hadn't heard the original voices, mm -hmm. I, I don't know what I'm missing out on. The voices on the HD remake for Silent Hill 3 are are totally fine. None of it threw me off. Uh, it wasn't totally bad voice acting, in my opinion. But since I hadn't heard the originals, I don't know. I, um, oh boy. Yeah, th that remake, um, I, I, I tried it this year. Um, I, I usually played through the originals in their, you know, on PS2 form. Um, I try, I tried the re cause I mean, I've played it so many damn times. I, I've got this one, I've got it pretty much down. So I, I did play through the, the remaster this time. Um, cause I, ha I have only played it in that version one time before. So I you know, figured I may as well. Um, if you played the original, those voices are a little hard to come to terms with uh, the main character more than anything. I like what they did. Uh, there's a detective character in the game. I like what they did with him voice wise. Uh, but I mean, you're, you're the main character and, and she is one of my uh, favorite protagonists in Silent Hill. And, and I'll say that it, it continues my favorite thing about Silent Hill protagonists in that they are not uh, action characters. 
um you don't have you know uh, hulking you know uh, you know your fellas from one and two aren't hulking you know fucking muscle guys you know with all this gun training and things like that that just come in and just kick ass and things like that it it was very much just you know kind of your everyman characters um coming through which which i i think lended itself you know to some of the suspense of it and you know kind of some of the some of the horror of it is that you didn't you didn't feel like you had a very uh very capable character it felt like you had a very frail character you were playing with um and it continues that with this one um it it, it puts you in there with heather and uh, uh she is in her oh god mid, mid late teens i would put her um once again not you know not a uh not straight out of an action movie I, I think she may present a little smarter than some of the other um, protagonists we've had on here, uh, but definitely physically not imposing at all. Um, but the damn voice, I thought they really nailed her voice in two, I mean, in, in the original uh, port of three, the original version. Um, I don't know. There's something about that. She she did sound youthful in the original. She sounds like a lady with a mortgage in, in, the, in the remake. You know, she sounds like she's, she's, she's got a few more years on her. Um, so I, I just, I didn't care for it. Um, I do like what they did with some of the other voices though. Um, throughout, uh, Claudia, I, you know, that was, you take her, take her, leave that one. Um, Douglas, who is the detective I spoke of, I think his got the biggest kind of improvement. Um, but no, it's not, it's not damning. And like Jeremy P was talking about, if you don't have, um, an original copy and you don't want to shell out shit. I think it's on sale right now. Um, I think they're having a little Halloween sale and it's on there. I mean, you can get that in the 360 on the, the Xbox one. You can get it on, you know, the, I guess any Xbox console. Um, if, if you want to play along this year, but just know, uh, just know there, there are small disservices done in the voice department here and there. Uh, it's I, not bad. It's, I mean, it could be a lot worse, honestly, mm-hmm. but if you've played that original and you love that original, then that's what you're going to think of whenever you hear these voices. And that's, I, I did play the the remake this time, uh, and that's it. It, it did kind of get to me here and there. Uh, Heather just sounds different, like you said, she sounds older, and uh, it's just it's not the Heather I knew back when I played it. But if you're playing <laughs> it now, uh, you know b- by itself, and you've never played Silent Hill three before, it's perfectly fine. Yeah. So yeah, yeah it, you know, if you don't have any nostalgia for the original, eh, you know, it's, you get you get some voices and they're fine. But but the game itself is the same. There's not there's not missing sections. There's not added you know areas in this. It's it's the same game that's in the original, just with some uh, graphical enhancement according to uh, what what it's supposed to be at least. I think in some places it's a downgrade. Um, but then also again the new voices uh, for the Silent Hill two on the collection, you can go back and forth between new voices and original. Mm-hmm. But for Silent Hill mm-hmm. three, you cannot. So you're you're stuck with the new voices again. I didn't I didn't know the other voices. I will say I had no idea that Heather's supposed to be a late teen. I did think she was in her twenties. Uh, at least her voice does sound older, uh, but I looked it up and she is in fact 17. So um, that, <laughs> that, that would explain a lot if, if her voice in the other, the, the original version sounds younger. Uh, she definitely sounds a little older uh, in this. So um, this was also made by, uh, let me try this again. This was published by Konami and developed by Konami, specifically Team Silent, who did the first two games. It, uh, team Silent's not a set group of people. It's kind of this mishmash, but it's still an internal Konami team. Uh, I think four, maybe the last one that they did, and then they start, kind of farming it out to other other uh, developers to do, still through the Konami name. But this this was one of the last ones that Team Silent actually worked on directly. It is a sequel to the original, which, again, we covered two years ago. Uh, the original game followed Harry Mason uh, trying to find 
his his daughter because they're driving along this road and, and they have a car accident and then she's gone. Uh, in this game, you're playing uh, his daughter. Uh, although, again, at the end of that game, which I don't think that matters to spoil the original Silent Hill since we covered it two years ago, but also if you're playing this game, uh, some of it is explained to you kind of early on in the game. When you leave Silent Hill in the original game, you leave with this new baby that is kind of found in the end section of the game, uh, created mm-hmm. in the end section of the game. And you take it home, and, and according to this game, you then raised that baby as your own daughter, and that's Heather who you're playing with now. Um, mm-hmm. That's not really explained until a little bit later after the start. At the very start of the game, you just know you know, she's having these like flashbacks where she's going through this old amusement park, which if you played Silent Hill 2, you know clearly it's the Silent Hill 2 uh, area of the game uh, for the amusement park. And then she wakes up in a diner, and... Outside of the diners where she runs into this detective that you mentioned, Billy, Douglas Cortland, who is has been sent to find her so someone can tell her the truth about her birth. And, of course, mm-hmm. that would weird anybody out. So she goes and hides in the bathroom. And that starts the game, which plays very much like every other Silent Hill. It's slightly better controls than a Resident Evil. It's still tank controllers-ish, but not quite as stiff as as, uh, as stiff as those games are. I think the Silent Hill games control a little bit better. Um, but, again, yes, you're not a, a special agent. You're not a trained military uh, person. So you... You do kind of come across as like, oh, the weapons I have are I found a pistol and I, and I have the you know like a, a metal pipe like you know just really basic stuff to use to fend <laughs> off these enemies. Uh, unlike, so again, my experience with Silent Hill is pretty much just for this podcast, and then I think I played Origins at some point on the PSP. So the start of this game seems very very linear to me compared to the previous two Silent Hills. Yeah. Like, yeah well, I mean, uh, if if you always have. Those little sections like that are super linear at the beginnings. Uh, you know, the first one after the wreck, you're you're going down those tight alleys. You get that great those great camera cuts. They're so fucking great that they put them in the movie. Uh, you know, and then the second one, you you're you've got that little trail at the beginning. So right. I, I think the games have kind of that way of of kind of it, it almost seems like it's it's sending you down a, a long corridor that gets darker as you go. Um, but this one was interesting. And like you said, uh, it, it puts you right in the midst of it, like right at the beginning with this flashback uh, or this dream rather, you have no clue what's going on. It's, it's my favorite kind of beginning to, to a Silent Hill game. Um, you know, no weapons, no nothing like that. Now, usually in Silent Hill, um, you know, you find a weapon before you, you encounter really encounter enemies and this one you're just you're just having to get on the run um i mean it's not it's not like it's a super difficult area they put you in it's still a little jarring though um and and this game i think in particular um trounces the the other ones in the sound department and we'll talk more about it as you go but there there are some enemies here the enemies make a lot more noise yes um and it's a lot more jarring also um, you, you know, you usually have your radio, which you, you pick up on here also, which is not always reliable. Uh, the, the game does a lot to really mess with you. Um, you'll have some empty rooms that still have static. Um, you'll have empty rooms that, that have a knocking sound. Um, this is one of those that I don't play a lot of games with headphones, but if you can, uh, it's great. Uh, it's awesome if you can throw some on for that. Um, cause they, they do a lot with sound on here, uh, to, not only warn you something's coming, but sometimes throw you off. Um, but I like this little this little intro here, and it was uh, the first time playing through. It, it was a great mystery because there's there's Silent Hill shit going on, but this is the first time you're not in Silent Hill. So I I, I was automatically intrigued with that um, from that from you know first time playing it. 
Well, you're not in Silent Hill, but you don't really know where you are um, necessarily. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, yes, there's the signs that says like, oh, you're in, in this mall or whatever. But like, mm -hmm. it's not saying you're not in Silent Hill. You just things aren't as messed up as they are in Silent Hill at first. So you figure, okay, I must be somewhere else and I'll get to Silent Hill. What I meant by linear isn't the intro part, although that is definitely very linear. And yes, the other two games did that as well. I mean, um, after that first section, the, the, you know, you wake up in the diner and then you go out and you have your, your discussion with the detective. And then you're kind of running through this mall, going between the light and dark world, which is what Silent Hill does. You know, all of a yeah, sudden yeah. You'll, you'll, you'll find something that triggers the switch to this eviler world where you have the same map overall, mm, but there's mm. chains everywhere and you know cages and barbed wire and everything's super dark and hard to see and more monsters generally in the dark world. But you're, you have to go to that mall. Like the original Silent Hill after that introduction part, you get to wander around the town. Mm, and sure, there's a lot of big I, empty parts of the yeah. town, but I still felt like yeah. you were had to explore it. And Silent Hill 2 had yeah, that same yeah. thing, where you're kind of going through the town, trying to figure it all out. This game doesn't really get to a part where you're able to, quote, explore the town until about the halfway mark. And even then, it's a very mm. small piece of the second game's town. It's not I, It's not as open as I, the other ones. Yeah, I got you. I got you there. Yes, that is correct. It, it, it definitely is. Um, and man, that mall gives you a map. <laughs> and that map is easily bigger than most of the areas you've been in in a Silent Hill game. Um, and, and I get like a little sense of dread when it happens because I, with Silent Hill games, especially if, if I, you know, it's kind of, and that's the trouble with playing them so much is that you kind of remember what's, what's what. Um, but every time I'm presented with a line of doors, I'm almost fucking grateful that half of them are locked. You don't know what, what crazy shit's going to be behind a door that opens up on there. Um, so yeah, that mall map, uh, I remember the first time playing, it's like, oh God, because it's, it's huge. But you, you really only explore kind of a fraction of that mall. And, and Jeremy, P, yeah, that, he clarified, he is correct on that one. This one does, the other Silent Hill games would use, you know, they would let you travel a little bit, but you'd find like, you know, Oh, here's a you know collapsed part of the street. I can't go any further. But you were still kind of free, free to 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 roam. Uh, it's not. I wouldn't call it an open world as we we know it nowadays. But you had a little wiggle room, and you would find items occasionally. But this one is. It, it is a little more compact. Um, it's it's you know it, it's pretty story driven as you go along. Uh, but still a, a real fucking blast and. We'll talk about it as we, we talk about the progression of the game. It has some of my favorite areas. Uh, one in particular, my absolute favorite area in a Silent Hill game. Yeah, I, I think I know what you're talking about. But I, yes. I'm, I'm like Jeremy. I would have enjoyed more of the exploration from one and two and less of these larger maps. Um, mm -hmm. Though I think the mall is kind of the biggest area in the whole fucking game uh, for the most part. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, it's it, I, I do kind of miss that. But overall, the, the the places you go to in this one are, they're up there. They are up there. There's, yeah. there's more than enough here that I can say that I remember more areas from this game than I do any of the other Silent Hills. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I can agree with that. Like I said, it, it is, it's linear in that I feel like you don't have the choice of, of going to explore mm -hmm. this open town to find these buildings, but the buildings themselves mm -hmm. are better than, like this, the the... The mall you start in is better than the school in Silent Hill 1, right? It's, it's just a better oh, layout yeah. than the apartment oh, yeah. building in Silent Hill 2 that you go to. Like, it's a bigger building. It Because it's a mall, they can do more with it. You can have different types of stores. There's the, you know, like the hallway areas behind the stores and things. Like, it, it definitely is a better layout for trying to explore uh, and, and have, you know, multiple floors and things that would make more sense than a school it does in some ways. Like, it's a really good map. Almost all the maps in this game 
uh, except for actually, except for the outside area that you get to a little bit later, are really, really well made. I'm very impressed with just how much you have to go in between floors and, uh, you know, there's not a ton of backtracking, but there's just enough if you're not very thorough with your exploration to have to go back to some of these other areas. But then a lot of times mm-hmm. they open up shortcuts to get back to those those areas so you don't have to walk all the way back around the mall. You can kind of go to, through, the mall's a great example. You can go all the way around these hallways and through other stores and then you get back to a part where there was a door that previously was locked and you can unlock it from the other side just like unlatch it and all of a sudden now you have a much faster path back to you know the save spot or whatever it is you're looking for uh at the start of this game much like at the start of two i believe we talked about you get to set your difficulty settings it's not just the monster difficulty but there's also puzzle difficulty um Mm -hmm. i think the puzzle difficulty in this game only applies to four or five puzzles but there are big puzzles each section kind of has their own major puzzle you have to figure out uh and Mm. I didn't have to look up anything in this game for the normal puzzle difficulty, except for the very first puzzle. (laughs) The very first puzzle in this game, (laughs) which is in the mall, I could not figure out. And I ended up solving it without understanding how I solved it, so I went back to look up, like, what did I do to open this door? So, in the bookstore, which is one of the first rooms you go to in the mall, there are these Shakespeare uh, volumes laying on the floor. And there's a hole in the shelf that shows exactly where they go, and it's the only place you can put them. So you pick them all up, and you put them back in the shelf, and, you know, in order... One to five, it gives you a number that's written on the spines of the book. It says 807, I believe. It's supposed to be randomized. I don't know if it is randomized in the HD uh, re- uh, remaster, but it's supposed to be randomized. On my game, it was 807, for example. You go to the door, and there's a code, but then next to the code, there's a note that says you have to rearrange the volumes to get the code, basically. I forget exactly mm-hmm. what it says, but it's, it implies you need to rearrange those volumes in another way. Well, I sat there and rearranged them, and I could never make it come up with four number, like any other numbers other than... 807 that looked really ugly. I couldn't figure out what it was asking for. So I started just getting really frustrated and just typing in 807 and then just banging on keys while I did it. And eventually just said doors unlocked and I got through it. I'm like, that can't be the solution. There's no way that's the solution. So I went back to look it up and apparently you're supposed to reorganize the books till eventually. And usually it's a one that's the number that's missing. You'll find a really slim one if you get two books that touch each other exactly. So you can see that one's supposed to be there. But I, I don't know. I could not figure that one out on my own. And, and I didn't spend a lot of time on it. I just I got frustrated quickly and was like, I'm unstuck on the first real puzzle of a game. I'm in trouble. I'm in some <laughs> real trouble. Uh, however, I will say going forward, the rest of the game, I was able to figure out those. And I think it may only be four puzzles that are really, really involved that are logic puzzles. And I got through all those on normal mode uh, without any help, except for that first one. Somehow I could not figure out the starter puzzle in this game. Yeah, it's 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 kind of the usual Silent Hill puzzle fair. Uh, it, it, you know, it doesn't have the deepest, it doesn't have the deepest puzzles of, of games, but I'm always happy to see them, uh, you know, and it adds a little something to it and it, it, it functions just like the other ones. It kind of breaks up, you know, some of the, some of the madness in the game. It breaks up a little bit of the action. Uh, I, I think they are placed um, pretty decently throughout the game. I almost kind of serve as a little break, you know, let, let you, let your mind work just a little bit, but yeah, it's, it's, Ah, the difficulty, and I, I've done the dif- different difficulties over the years, and I mean, it just, you know, the, the, the clues are more wordy, the, har- the harder the difficulty is, basically. Um, but no, it's, ah, they're decent. I, I, I can never, you know, there's no Silent Hill puzzle that's ever blown me away. Um, they're logical, for the most part. There, there are no big, big leaps. There are none that you kind of roll your eyes over. They're well enough. I, they're, they're harmless. I would say I always like really enjoyed when I came across the puzzles mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, Silent Hill, it needs it because it's, it's a heavy game. 
Yeah. It's, yeah. You know, it's, it's stressful. It's, it gives you anxiety. You never know what's going on. There's horrible noises constantly. The music is basically metal clanging on metal. Um, so it, it can get rough. And like whenever you go into one of these rooms and find that puzzle, you're like, oh, okay, I can rest now. I'm going to get a really weird puzzle mm -hmm. that I'm not going to mm -hmm. be able to understand probably, but I, you know, at least I can chill for a minute. I do. I, my favorite puzzles are still Silent Hill one, uh, especially like the school mm. and things like that. But I, you know, these are fine. I, I was just always just like, yay, a Silent Hill puzzle. I, mm -hmm. I can kind of just chill for a second without something with a giant arm uh, coming in at me or something. Well, in, in this game, I think Silent Hill 2 was very similar to this too, but I know it has far less enemies than the first game did. Maybe it's because the first game had those areas that were kind of open roaming to find the next building to go to, but I felt like the first game had a lot more things you had to fight, where this game has less of them, but they seem to be in tighter spaces uh, and are a mm. little tougher to kill in general. Uh, I mean, not nothing in this game is incredibly hard to kill, even some of the bosses, really. Uh, as long as you have weapons, you can kind of just hammer away at them and, and heal a bunch and get through it. But... Um, but still, to have, you know, some of these are really narrow hallways, like in the mall, for example, when you're going through these those little back hallways, and you can easily get trapped by a guy you can't get around. So he's hitting you a few times while you're trying to run through him, or, you know, using up your ammo, of which it is fairly limited to, to take out every single enemy. I think early on you can do that. You can pretty much kill everything and not feel too worried. But after about the third... Um, third area you have to go through, you have to kind of be a little more sparse with at least the higher level ammos. Um, you know, you mm -hmm. start the game with just a knife, and you find a pistol, a pistol pretty quickly uh, in the game, and you find lots of pistol ammo everywhere in the very beginning. But later on, you know, you can find a shotgun, you can find a submachine gun, and you want to make sure that you don't waste all that good ammo that does a lot of damage on, you know, standard enemies. You want to save those for the tougher guys or for the bosses, because uh, much like you know, Resident Evil Code Veronica, or really the other two Silent Hills, once you get to a boss, if you don't have whatever the weapons are that you really need, you can possibly get away with it with a knife if you're really good, but most likely you're going to have to make sure you have a bunch of healing items or go back to an earlier save, and hopefully you didn't save over the same thing over and over again. I, I think by this point, I've learned my lesson, and I have like 17 saves in all these games, but uh, there was only a couple times where I felt like perhaps I shouldn't have wasted all the ammo in this one. I really did a pretty good job of using what I had, but still managing to have a stockpile of the strongest weapons uh, to save for some bosses. Uh, the mall area itself, you go through, like I said, two floors, where it goes back from light and dark. Uh, eventually, you go to the third floor, which takes you with a, I mean, the... Um, there's like a moon puzzle that's not really a puzzle. You just find this gem in a walnut. Mm. Uh, but once you get that, you go down to the very basement of the floor. And that's where you get your uh, basement of the mall. And that's where you fight your first real boss, which I didn't realize was a boss at the time. Uh, but it's like this giant worm that slowly moves around, comes out, will, will whip around. But if you just stay away from it and just use your pistol, I mean, it's a, it's like a no-brainer boss. Probably the easiest boss in the Silent Hill series. And, uh, and once you beat him, then you go back to the light world, and that's where you get to kind of meet the detective again. You get to get a little more uh, understanding of exactly what's going on, and it leads you to the second area of the game. So the, the start of the game was the mall, and then you take the subway to get back to your house. The, the other things you start with at the beginning of the game along with your knife is you have a pendant that your dad gave you, and you have a house key that says you're in, like, room 102 of this, uh, this, this set of apartments. So you're going to take your subway to get back home. And the subway dungeon, which is the second area of the game, at first, I didn't like it because I was just running to get to where I thought I was supposed to go. 
Because it says like, oh no, I can get home if I get to like the sea line or whatever. So I ran over to find the sea line, got there, and then I could never get the subway to to show up. Or when it did, it would hit me. Like you get on the tracks, and eventually it just shows up and kills you in one hit. This game has mm-hmm. a good number of those setups where you can get yeah. killed almost immediately. I don't remember that in the first two, but it doesn't mean it didn't happen. But I just don't remember that many instant kill, like non enemy kills in the first game. No, I think I, I'm, I'm trying to recall. Uh, but no, there are several in here, and I, you're going to stumble upon them um, because there's like the subway track in particular. There's one part that is, uh, it almost looks like you need to get out on that part of the track. Uh, uh, it, it's very tempting to, uh, yeah, but, and it just it just adds. Uh, I, I I really I said at the beginning the sound on this one, uh, some of the tricks it plays on you. There's a lot of things in this game that I think maybe more. Uh, well, until next year, um, ramps up the anxiety in a Silent Hill game, unlike the others. Uh, th- this one is at the is way up there at the top with just little things that, that keep you on your toes. And and you, you don't feel safe at this game in, in, at any point in time. And that's that's one of the wonderful things about it. So the subway section, you have to kind of figure out how to. You know, standard Silent Hill standard puzzles, not not the big mm-hmm. logic puzzles, mm-hmm. but, you know, oh, this is locked. I have to go find the key to open it there. You know, there's this this door needs me to go get a wrench or something like it's all, all the standard kind of, you know, at this point, what you expect from these sort of puzzles. The the subway will take you through a section where you're basically just fighting your way through subway cars. That is a pretty combat heavy section for a Silent Hill game, I thought. But I, I didn't mind it. I actually kind of like the that it was not a whole lot of puzzles, just fight right at the end. And then the car stops. You end up at mm-hmm. what's kind of like a, a sewer area to kind of run through these sewers. Again, more tunnels and such. Um, so you go through the sewer and you end up in this, what looks like a, 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 a building that's under construction. The whole thing is wrapped around by, by, you know, construction walls so you can't see around it. And you have to go into this kind of old office building with like a dance studio and <laughs> legal offices and other stuff. Mm-hmm. And again, that's the second, like, I mean, the subway and the sewer were fine, but they're just kind of very standard, I thought. Uh, that This building was the next, like, really good, yeah, you know, kind of dungeon for this game. And it's it's back to the weird Silent Hill stuff. That's where the second major puzzle is, but it's also, you know, you, you have to you have to, to piece together a little bit more about what's going on with you. You meet the, another person that's involved with why ever you're here. So along with the detective, um, you, meet, you meet Vincent, who's a guy that's mm-hmm. somehow in this building, hanging out in the dark side of the building, who seems to know a lot about you, but won't give you a whole lot of information. He's like, no, why don't you, you know, figure a little more out, and I'll find you later. And <laughs> so, of course, uh, you don't want to talk to him anymore, but, but he's still there, and he, you do run in throughout the rest of the game. He ends up being a fairly integral part to the plot. Um, th- th- this game only has, like, four characters that matter. You know, you've got oh yeah, you've got Heather, yeah. who's who's your main character. You've got the detective who shows up all over and over again. Eventually, is the one who takes you to Silent Hill. Then you have Claudia, who was in the first game, I believe. Uh, if not, she's very very similar to the the older lady in the first game. And then this guy Vincent, who seems to know a whole lot, but at first you weren't sure if he's going to end up being like the real bad guy or the real good guy or what's up with Vincent. I mm-hmm. I, I, I liked mm-hmm. the characters in this game. I mean, it's very clear that Claudia probably is not a good guy, but uh, but everybody else I couldn't read if they were going to end up being somebody good to know or somebody bad to know. But I like that there's yeah. only these four, and they do show up over and over again, even though there's nothing else in this in, in Silent Hill in general other than, you know, all the different monsters. Because they do revisit, like they have the nurses again that were in the, the games previously. But a lot of the rest of these, I thought, were all fairly new. 
and uh, and kind of interesting looking. It's hard to describe Silent Hill monsters. They're just kind of horrific things <laughs> glued together with bits of metal all over them. And they uh, some of them make there's those flying things. I don't know what they're supposed to be, but they make horrific noises and they are awful. Yes, <laughs> it's terrible. Uh, they they are just fucking. They sound awful. They are incredibly fucking gross looking. <laughs> yeah, there there are a lot of uh just just weird. This is this has probably up to this point definitely the widest variety um of monsters in it and and, and probably some of my favorite ones and it, it's definitely playing th- worth playing through just for those encounters there are a lot of just gross looking things like you just don't want to be near you, you just don't want them around you you don't want them touching your character on here um but yeah you you mentioned the characters and it is it keeps the uh, the, the the cast of of characters very small and it was a good point you brought up that um playing through you you it's hard to tell uh, where people lie on this you know you're immediately your character's immediately running from this detective earlier um you know because he, he's not the smoothest introduction uh you don't know kind of where his allegiance is you don't know about with the other characters either uh I, you kind of they're all creepy right they're all creepy they're all a little bit over the top um but it, it it's so hard to tell and it's so hard to read and it just makes for um, just, just great storytelling throughout and, you know, little twists and turns here and there, uh, but navigating these areas, um, is, is really a joy. I think it really picks up once you're out of the sewer and you're, you're into the buildings. Um, cause that is, I mean, that's familiar. That, I mean, right. That's familiar territory in Silent Hill. You're going through these, you know, these dilapidated buildings. Um, you know, you, you hit some rooms with, with different, you know, kind of themes to them like you know a dance studio things like that and i think that's really when it ramps up uh like jeremy p said earlier you know with other silent hill games we probably would have been able to explore the town a little bit at this point in time but this one definitely this whole trek home which is you know the first first bit of the game um it's different for silent hill and i think it makes makes it a little more claustrophobic as you play along. Uh, I, I think this one definitely has a lot of kind of tighter spaces in it. Uh, you know, less, less choice of where you can go, um, which sounds, it sounds a little more restrictive, but I think it works with this game. Going back to the characters real quick. I don't know about you guys, but I think that compared to all the, well, silently a one through three, that this is the weakest cast of character. Besides oh, him. yeah. I do. I, it's it feels kind of lonely like Silent Hill One, you know, where there wasn't too many characters. You just kind of felt like it was you, and you'd bump into people every now and again. Mm-hmm. But even that game, the characters that were there, I still remember those guys. When I played it this time, and Vincent showed up, I was like, I remember him sort of, and I but I completely forgotten he was even in the game. It, it's just the characters that are there seem to be uh, a mean to an end. You know, to mm, get the story mm. to the end. Where in Silent Hill 2, the other character, that that game felt populated for a Silent Hill game. You were constantly meeting these weird characters, and even just for a few minutes, you would have these uh, interactions with them. And it was so, it just made that game for me. And uh, it you just don't get that here. It just seems like they're a cast of characters that you run into that's pro- trying to progress the story, or trying to get Heather where she needs to be. It's not like the, the craziness that, that the characters in Silent Hill 2 had and the problems they had. and Seeing how they, they uh, you know, the bad ends that they eventually get to because of the things that you learned that they did during that game. So, yeah, I, you know, these characters, they're fine. 
I do enjoy the detective at some point. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, the, the, honestly, it's not really a character. I guess more of an enemy. The Pink Bunny, you know? Once those no. bunny outfits come out, yeah, that's that's it. I mean, that's what I remember most about the characters and enemies in this game are those goddamn Pink Bunny outfits. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I I, I like the detective. But, I, you know, he is he's very much just a stereotypical... You know, he's he's the overweight, five o'clock shadow, probably probably got a little bit of a drinking problem, uh, probably alone because he's married to the job detective. Um, I, I, I think he's unique, though, in that he's one of the few characters you encounter that, that has no real ties to Silent Hill. Like you don't find him in Silent Hill. He's not another you know kind of lost soul wandering around. He's very much, you know, for a, 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 I guess real world character. Um who just, you know, through his job, ended up getting tangled up in this shit. And I, I thought that was unique. That's the first time we've kind of, you know, maybe maybe going back to you know, Sybil from 1. Um, you know, it, it, it's one of the first times you kind of encounter these characters that are just kind of get thrown into it just just, just because they're fucking job, you know? But, um, yeah, I can see what you're saying. I, I can see what you're saying. It, it's kind of a... I, kind of a throwaway on some of the characters. I, I think they're all, I think they're all a little memorable though. I, as much as they can be, I, I feel like Silent Hill games in general, um, have pretty strong protagonists and you have at least one other character that at the end of the game, you're like, yeah, I, I, I like that character. I like the time that I got to spend with them. That would be the, that would be, that'd be the damn detective for me on this one. Thankfully we, we, we get a little bit of him. Yeah, he shows up again after you go through the uh, the office building and uh, get back to the hotel or, or the house, I guess, your your apartment where you live with your dad. Uh, you you come back in, and, of course, he's been murdered. Your dad, Harry Mason, the, the hero of the first game, has mm. been murdered. Uh, what? The detective is there, and he's like, well, let me tell you who hired me. And, you know, Claudia hired him to find you. Uh, he's going to drive you back to Silent Hill because you've decided now that your dad's dead, you're going to get revenge on this woman who clearly is the one who killed him if he didn't. Uh, but for whatever reason, you decided to trust him to drive you back. And that's the first half of the game for me, like getting to your house. And there's there's uh, you know th these these scenes that kind of explain why you're there. And then all of a sudden you're like, OK, well, now I'm going to go back to Silent Hill and get my revenge. That's like the first half of the game. Uh, and, and up to that point, there's really no outdoor exploration, like I mentioned. Like Up to this point, you're pretty much going from plot, you know, Point to point to point. Yes, the maps are big. Yes, there's a lot to explore. I don't mean it to sound like you're just kind of cakewalking to this point, but you're not having that open exploration. Then when you finally get to Silent Hill, you start in a hotel room, and, and, and there's a note there from uh, from Vincent that you should go find Leonard in the, the hospital. So now you realize you're in the map from part of Silent Hill 2, and mm -hmm. you're going to go back to that hospital that you explored very thoroughly in Silent Hill 2 and basically do it all over again. I love the hospital because i think it's it's you know in a silent hill game a creepy old hospital is about as good as you're going to get you know as far as the, yeah. the mood yeah. and having a, a, an excellent map but i did feel like i was doing something i've already done before which i know is the point of it because you are revisiting the story from the first game and areas from the second but almost too much it was borderline too much for me that it was i felt like i wanted to go to see other things but at the same time i do enjoy that hospital so i i wasn't too mad i was there but i kind of wanted more that i hadn't seen before because you can also revisit some of the like the bar from the second game and you can go and and walk around the gas station and the bowling alley you can't go into those areas but at least they're there and you can kind of go back and remember oh i saw those things in part two but mm -hmm. the only thing you have to go into in this this section of the game to actually accomplish anything after you leave the hotel is the hospital uh the hospital 
is the first time that I had an issue with thinking perhaps the HD remake was, uh, the graphic enhancements was an issue. So when you go to the Dark World in the hospital, which of course all these areas have light side and, and Dark World stuff, I found that I think the walls are supposed to look like they're on fire or very charred. I can't tell, but I made it so I couldn't tell where any of the doors were ever when I was in those hallways. Mm. Um, mm. I mean, on your map, you can clearly see where doors are, and you can just drag yourself along the map and keep hitting the button to see if there's a door there. But I don't know. It, it, maybe it was just the HD remake. I, I'm trying to you know, find pictures of the PS2 release, see if it was just as bad. My brother didn't remember it being that bad, uh, and he did play it on the PS2, but I, I don't know. For me, that was the first section of, I think, two Dark World sections where I couldn't see where the doors were ever. Uh, we've talked about that. HD remake, I think, a, a good deal on the Silent Hill 2 episode. And uh, we've mentioned that th there were a lot of issues with those two games, to the point where I believe most of Silent Hill 2 was just thrown away. And the, the, the poor developer that had to redo these just kind of had to do it by hand themselves and hope for the best. And Silent Hill mm -hmm. 3 was in a little bit better shape uh, when they got it, but it's still there's a lot of stuff they had to redo. And a lot of the the weird shaders and, and neat little tricks that they were able to do on the PS2, they just couldn't do that. Um, they just couldn't get a good, you know, uh, uh, facsimile of what the PS2, that those weird tricks that only the PS2 could do with their shaders or whatever. And they just, they tried their best. And for the most part, I think the game looks fine. But then there's de definitely issues with them doing this, these, textures on top of textures that are animated and things like that that's supposed to be transparent and it just it, it doesn't work well uh even in you know for for an hd game it just doesn't look good mm -hmm. uh, but yeah i that is an issue um i do not think it's been a very long time since i played that ps2 version so don't take my word for this but i do not think it was like that though i will say i did enjoy going back to the hospital by the time i found out that this was a sequel to the the first game I was all in. So, and then, then I don't know if they were trying to go for a nostalgia trip or whatever, but getting back to that hospital, I was like, oh, this is it. This is it. I get to see, you know, this hospital and it looks amazing. Uh, I think also the, the hospital has some of the better gags. Um, I don't know if you mm. got to the room uh, with the mirror. Mm -hmm. um, that That's the mm -hmm. hospital, right? Yes. Um, with the mirror and you're just kind of like, what's going on here? And then, you know, after a minute, your mirror image stops. It doesn't yeah. move anymore. And that freaked me out so much as a kid. <laughs> and then the things that start happening after that was even better. And that's the only thing that that room does. There's nothing else really in there. So it's there's just a lot of, you know, these one-off kind of scares and creepy things that you, that you find that, that I think this game does as good or better than any other Silent Hill game. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, things like that, you, where you're in this room, and, and that's still, it's one of my favorites, too, um, and just, you, things are deteriorating in the room rapidly, and the first thing you'll do is fucking run for that door, but that door's gonna stay locked until they want to let you out, and they're gonna make you wait until you, until you think it's just about too late before you can get out. Yeah, that's an excellent touch. I, I, I love this hospital. This is probably my favorite version of the hospital to go through because like jeremy's saying some of the some of the kind of gags they throw throughout and the fucking the nurses are packing they're packing heat in this one uh you know uh, this it was, was bad the enough. first sexy nurse wasn't it where this was like the first real like silent hill sexy nurse appearance or something two like, two, two had them two had 
two, they were, um, I, I dare say they're a little less top heavy in this one. I think they might be a little more, just a little more covered. I, they, they still have, I, I, you know, I work in healthcare and that's not, you know, you get fired probably what? if you showed up in that. Hey, maybe. Hey, you might. Um, I mean, you get fired if you're wielding a fucking pipe and a handgun in the same fucking hand. <laughs> um, it, it's incredible. Um, these are definitely some of my favorite nurses from the Silent Hill games, and they've got some fucking aim. Um, you can get your ass sniped from down the hall in this one, um, which, which just like I said, it adds to just keeping you on your toes throughout. Um, and especially in this hospital, um, I, I talked about early how the sound is like they're always sounds like something is coming there. Almost always. It sounds like kind of a looming threat, whether it's footsteps, whether it's knocking, even in rooms where there's nothing at all. Um, I, I, the radio is a little more unreliable in this one. Um, yeah, but especially this game gets real worrisome when you occasionally, I think the hospital has a few, you hit those silent rooms, you hit those rooms where there's no noise. And it's almost scarier in this game than it is in the others. You know, you would enter a room in two, and if the radio wasn't going off and things like that, you're like, oh, thank God. I, I can explore this room. Uh, you're kind of at my leisure. But on this one, you never knew. You, you never knew. And that, that was the best part. Is it bad as soon as you said pack and I just instantly went to boobs? Like, didn't even <laughs> didn't even occur to me that you were talking about a handgun. I was heat. Like, They're packing heat. Oh, okay, okay, all right. Yes, I, they I, do. They do do that in this one. Yes, they, they do it. They do have have guns uh, in this one. Uh, the the other thing I really liked in this hospital is you're supposed to find Leonard, but early on you find some medical records for Leonard and another guy. Uh, named Stanley Coleman. And Stanley Coleman might be the most romantic person you'll ever run into. You don't actually meet Stanley Coleman, I don't believe, unless he's supposed to be one of the bodies you find uh, in, in, the, in, the, in the hospital. But he writes these love notes to you, along with these creepy dolls that you find in all the rooms. And I think mm -hmm. they're, on their own, every time I found one, I was like, ugh. And I was worried. And, and I didn't look this up, and perhaps I should have. At a certain point, you find out what room that Leonard's supposed to be in and what room that Stanley Coleman's supposed to be in. I skipped the Stanley Coleman room until after I went to Leonard's room and did what I needed to do there. And when I went back to Stanley's room, there was like a goodbye note from him. If you don't do that and go to Stanley's room first, is there a person there? Like, do you ever meet Stanley Coleman? Is there a way to meet a living Stanley Coleman? I, I don't believe there is. I I can't say I ever have. Uh, I, I don't think you can meet I Stanley in this game. Even if you go in before, uh, you're, you're still getting a note, but it's, yeah. it's different. Um, but if you go in... Uh, after you do get the goodbye note. I could be wrong. Again, I'm trying to refresh my memory for a good portion of this game uh, because I really just kind of got up to the hospital playing this. I just That's about the only the amount of time I, I had to play it. Uh, but yeah, I believe you could you, you would still get a note otherwise. May yeah, want to check that, that out and delete this whole part if we're wrong. No, I, I did look it up to make sure. Uh, now no, that there, there, yes, there, there is, is no, no there is no meeting Stanley throughout, but um, yeah, that, it's definitely one of the damn creepier parts. There's so many little things going on in this game. Um, ugh, God damn it, it's good. It, every year, I sit there and I have to think whether I like it more than two, and, and I fight it every year because I, I want to say I want to stay in Jeremy's good graces and say Silent Hill Two is the best of them all. Uh, but it's it, it's so tight. At some parts of this game. Well, I wouldn't, you know, if, if anybody said they like Silent Hill 3 more than 2, 
Uh, hell, if anyone said they like Silent Hill 1 more than 2 or 3, I'd even be like, fine. That, you know, they're all amazing games on their own. Yeah. Right? But yes, yeah, Silent Hill 3, I think, feels more like a video game than yeah. the other two. Like, the other two kind of had that ex- exploration adventure game kind of thing. It feels like that's just been kind of added into this one. Um, mm-hmm. And and not very much of it. Uh, so it it does feel like more of, like you guys said, a linear video game with stages and bosses and things. And not the, you know, I got to explore the town to get to this part and, and all of that that you did in the first and second games. It, what I'd say is, is I liked this game. It does feel more like a video game. Like Silent Hill 1 was fun and I enjoyed it, but it didn't feel as polished as this does. Like this gives you a good narrative. This pushes mm-hmm. you through the story. It really does kind of kind of highlight where you have to go. Even when you finish this section of the game, you finish the, the when, when you're in the hospital, you finally do meet Leonard. Uh, and of course, Leonard ends up being something you have to fight because why wouldn't it be? Uh, and, and it turns out he's Claudia's father, uh, at least according to him, he is. And uh, you, you kill him to get an item you're going to need later in the game. And then, then you head back to the hotel. Uh, in the hotel, the detective's now vanished. He's no longer there, but, but Vincent's there. And he tells you, you know what? I have a message from you from Claudia. She says she's you know at the church across the lake. And you go back out to the road and start walking like you did in the second game, where you had to actually like walk around the lake. And instead, mm-hmm. like as soon as you hit where that bowling alley is, it fades, and you're right at that amusement park. So like again, the the exploration yeah. of this is very slim, but I'm okay with that for making it more of a narrative. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought Silent Hill two, in having the exploration parts, but also having those, like Jeremy had kind of referenced earlier, you have these other characters with their own backstories that you eventually learn that have nothing to do with why you're there. They're just there because they're also like lost souls. And even the whole, the end section of, of Silent Hill 2 and why you're there and, and what the truth is behind your character and, and your your wife who's you know dead but wrote you a letter, all that stuff like hits harder for me than the story here. The story here feels much more like, like the movie storyline, honestly, and, and like the first game where it's like, yep, these people are trying to, to you know summon... The, the next god to come take over the world, and you're a part of that, and here's how you're a part of that, and, and you're going to figure out how to stop it. But, like, the second game had all this emotional tie to the storyline that this doesn't have. And I think Silent Hill mm-hmm. 2 is, is why I prefer that more than 3, because it does have, like, a heavier story than this does. So you return to the amusement park is where you started the game at in that, in that nightmare section, but you have to actually go through it. Um, it's fine. I thought the amusement park section was actually pretty interesting because they had so many different little pieces there. There's like a haunted house section you have to walk through. and there's Oh, well, wait, we're not just going to pass over the best part of any Silent Hill game just by saying just a haunted house. It's the fucking, it's the Borley Haunted Mansion. Yes. yes and hot, hot damn. If this is not, there's so much charm here. Um, it's for anybody that I, I grew up near the beach or at least a few hours from the beach, and there was just a couple of cheesy-ass haunted houses. But you kind of walked in, and you had you know, had the over-the-top narrator, um, you know, that would, would, would tell you what you're looking at, these, these different scenes, these different tragedies, um, and, things, and, and it's, it, it's so hokey. And they pull it off so fucking well on here. And, and it's one of my favorite spots in a game I, I had... Probably still on on the PS2 if I get on there. I don't think I got rid of it when I was on there last year. Um, I have a save that's the closest possible save to this area. Just just you know just to get on there and play through this area and play through that part in particular. Absolutely love it. Um, it hits you with a little tension at the end. Also, that's one of my favorite parts uh, too. And the first time you play through it, uh, it is it's going to put a panic in you when you finally have to escape that mansion. 
I, it's it's just it's so out of nowhere in a Silent mm-hmm. Hill game. Like, I, there's never been a, an area like this. I don't think. You know, I, I I liken it um, just in kind of how surreal it is to the the elevator trivia section from yes, two. Yes, yeah, that was weird, and this is up there with that. Yeah, because you're just the entire time you're just like, I can't believe this. And also, when's it all going to go really bad? <laughs> yeah. So, so there's like this anxiety of, but it's it's so just fun to sit through. And it's the way they did it, just absolute perfect uh, $10 a person haunted house. You know, like mm-hmm. you said, at the fair or something. It's mm-hmm. it's just great. I love it. And when it when it hit, that that is the one thing about this game that is up there the highest for me is that goddamn haunted house. It's, the, <laughs> it, it's just it's perfect it's it's one of my absolute favorite places in any silent hill game i liked it i guess i didn't like it that much but i did enjoy it what i didn't like about <laughs> it was at the end of that section you have to run down these hallways while like a light chases you it looks like it's like burning behind you almost but not quite burning almost like a, a super bright uh, just kind of a light that's absorbing everything behind you but not a fire necessarily and you have to run through you know the center tank controls and weird weird angles and i kept dying on that over and over again not not too long but probably like four or five times just because i couldn't tell which way i was supposed to turn because of the camera shifts and then i had to go through that whole mm. mansion over and over again yes you could skip it early skip some parts of it early but there are is at least one door that doesn't open until you listen to the whole spiel and i was like please i just want to get back to that room <laughs> to the hallways where i'm running away from the light i don't want to go through this again the first time though i did like it a lot after that first time not as big of a fan um and then you have uh you have you fight 40 versions of Alyssa, which truthfully ends up kind of being past versions of your main character um and on the 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 merry-go-round, and then you end up at the church, which is really where they kind of explain the whole religion based around this game, like the, the religion of these people mm-hmm. in Silent Hill and what they believe, which I liked. I like that they kind of laid it out, and it is still so bizarre that you're like, okay, there's enough details mm-hmm. to kind of give you a grip on what they believe, but at the same time, it's not like, it wasn't a letdown. I don't know. It's really hard to kind of nail that kind of lore in games where I'm not immediately just like, well, that's lame. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Or, or like, oh, it's just Christianity, but instead this. Like, it's it takes pieces of, of what you know of, of, like, the Christian religion, but then it, it is totally twisted in such a great way that it gives you those little stories in the chapel if you walk around and look at all the pictures. It, like, explains the whole thing mm-hmm. to you. It's great. I love that. Um, the, the Lord mm-hmm. of the Silent Hill thing, maybe some people didn't want it explained. I wanted just enough explained, and this did a great job of explaining what it is, you know, why they think they can bring God back through, you know, this girl. So once you get to the, to the, the church area, you're at the last section of the game, more or less. You, you have to run through the church. There's a lot of big monsters there that you saw that kind of spawn more in as you keep going through the, the puzzles. The puzzle here, the big puzzle here is involving tarot cards. Not a hard puzzle at all, I thought. I was able to figure that one out with, with minimal effort on that. Uh, but the big thing here was you kind of find out in, you know, who these characters are. What is, you know, who is Vincent? Who is Claudia? What is it they're doing? And Vincent is apparently like the priest of this church. He's running this, mm-hmm. this church in Silent Hill, and Claudia is like his main, uh, most fervent supporter, I guess, but to the point where she now thinks that he's been corrupted by money and is not willing to bring God into the world, so she's going to take it on herself to do it, and that involves using you as like the venue to bring God into the world. Of course, that doesn't happen unless you let it happen. You can let it happen, but it, that, then the game ends. You have to start over again uh, until eventually she takes on the, the the role of bringing God into the world, and you have to fight God, uh, this this God that she's become, uh, this demon thing, and that is that leads to the end section of the game. Um, 
the last fight's the only fight that I'd say is actually fairly difficult in this game. The other boss fights I had no problem with whatsoever. Uh, but this one I actually, and maybe it's again my my ability to walk into the last boss fight with one or two healing items only, which I've done on every one of these games we've talked about so far. Uh, but but I had to probably do that boss fight. I probably spent an hour today just on that boss fight. Yeah, <laughs> it's it, it's a tricky one. Um, the ball it it doesn't have a lot of attacks. Uh, it, it only has you know just uh, just few attacks on it but they it covers a lot of area uh and it, it it's it's a heavy hitter uh, and it's tough especially um you know playing through if you plan to play through again uh there there is a pretty pretty outstanding reward um i know i know on the ps i don't know if it's on the remake or not i would imagine it is if you finish that boss off with a melee attack it's got to be the last attack you earn or you you land um, you earn a pretty, pretty significant weapon if you do a new game plus at that point. And that was <laughs> playing through to try to do that years ago. I spent a great deal of time trying to whittle this boss down. Um, but no, it, it's, it's difficult. And, and like Jeremy P said, you're not going to, it's almost not even earned because no, you're not going to struggle too hard on some of the other bosses throughout the game, but I mean, it is a final boss and it does feel like a, a, a final boss fight. Um, but it, it's, it's going to take you a minute. Uh, and, and it's kind of frustrating because like I said, it doesn't have a wide variety of attacks. And it's one of those things where you're kicking yourself that you, you know, you don't, don't have the pattern down yet, or, you know, you can't get this down yet. I wouldn't say it's cheap by any means. Um, it, it, it toes the line. Uh, it just, it's, it's a tough one. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, yeah, um, we are dealing anytime we have one of these early Silent Hills or Resident Evil, we are dealing with kind of a dated control scheme, a control scheme that's not really uh, not conducive for, I think, a lot of quick, quick escapes and whatnot. So that does factor in um, not the not the worst boss fight in the world. I I, I think it's decent. Uh, once you get into the groove and and, and figure out just what to do, um, it, you can breeze through it. Next time, next time around, first time you play it, you're going you're going to get the shit beat out of it. Speaking of breezing through, I do not want to breeze through the madness that sets up this boss fight. Oh boy, yeah, there you get a, you get a hell of a scene leading into oh it. Oh my lord, the things that happened at the end of this game. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, fetuses are regurgitated and then eaten. Yes. Um, yes. And it's one of those things, like if anybody ever walked in on you while you were playing this part, <laughs> you'd be like, no, go away. Uh, it is, even when I was watching it back in the day, I was like, wow, this is in a video game. Um, it's pretty rough stuff uh, for what's in there. And... I, I I still to this day don't don't really know what to think of it. I don't know if they went too far with it because a Silent Hill game has never been like uh, it's never been like body horror gross or anything. Mm. It's just been like more of a <clears throat> I don't like a mentally kind of scary thing or you know mm. I can't think of the word I'm trying to say, but it's something that's supposed to scare you from a different point of view rather than just seeing like oh my god that's disgusting you know, kind of way. And what I, when I was seeing the end of this, I was like, God, this is horribly disgusting. I can't believe this is in a Silent Hill game. It seems something like more that should be in a Resident Evil game. So I, I think the end of this game is so out of place 
to the rest of the Silent Hill games. I think, I, I just don't, you know, there's some weird shit that happened on the Wii. We'll get to that someday. <laughs> but, but even that, you know, it's, this is just completely out of place for what I would expect from a, a Resident, or a Silent Hill game. Uh, I don't know if either of you feel that way, but it's just, it's something else. Oh, it's insane. It, it, this is probably the height of, um, of, of Silent Hill insanity. Um, I, I remember, yeah, it, it was very jarring at the time seeing this because it, it is a little bit out of place because, you know, it, uh, Silent Hill games have never really gone, like you're saying, that kind of that gross out route. It's more, it's it's, it's definitely more of a psychological horror. Um, and yeah, they, I mean, they, when they decided to, they, they went pretty fucking hard. Well, it's, it's that, that part's bad, but I think some of the enemies in this, too, even just the stock enemies, are really kind of gross. Those big fat guys that are all over the place that oh, yeah. kind of look, I mean, they look almost like if, if you just kept eating and eating and eating and eating and they look that kind of fat, not just mm-hmm. a little fat, but like their body stretches out now, like they're full yeah, of meat. Yeah. And it's just like, th- there's full a of lot of, of gross enemies in this game. So I wasn't as grossed out, but I think this is definitely... Of the three that we've played so far and talked about, this definitely is the most, like, the other two have some implied grossness. This is, like, just shown to you. Like, yep, here it is. And she does. <laughs> she throws up a fetus, and then the uh, then Claudia eats it, essentially, to, to give birth to God. The the boss itself, like, like you're, you're talking about how it's hard. It only has a couple moves. My thing was not that it's a difficult boss to figure out, because you're right. It's got a very simple pattern. But if you don't have ammunition and you have to use your hand-to-hand weapons, uh, it's yeah, very, yeah. very difficult. Um, it's hard yeah. to get away. They do a lot of damage each time. I only had two healing items. Uh, I ended up figuring out exactly where to stand and like how many hits I could do before I had to run backwards. And even then, mm-hmm. you have to dodge this fire that comes around. It, it It's not a hard boss. I mean, in the world of bosses, I mean, hell, compared to everything we just did in uh, Code Veronica, this was not bad. But, but uh, it was no tyrant fight on a plane. But it still took me a while to figure out because I was low on supplies. And there's no way to yeah. get more. It's not like there were rooms I missed and didn't get the supplies. I just wasted those things on... On other, like there was the submachine gun, while it does a lot of damage, it doesn't seem to aim very well. So you can lose a lot of those bullets pretty quick. And there's not a whole lot of of mm-hmm. renewal for it, or like refills for it. Also, um, and this is probably me, uh, it didn't help me on the last boss, but I didn't really use that taser much. And I probably should use a lot more. I think it would have saved a lot of ammo using that taser instead of uh, the shotgun mm-hmm. as much as I did. I think if I would have walked in that fight with a like a bunch of shotgun rounds, I would have talked about how simple it was and I finished in one try. Uh, like I did with the first Silent Hill, and even the second one. Like those last bosses were kind of pushovers as long as you had weapons. This one was the first Silent Hill boss I really had a problem with as a whole. But like I said, I did finish it. I don't think it was overly cheap. It was just I didn't have the the equipment to make that fight as easy as it should have been because I I wasted that uh, that ambulance on something I probably didn't need to. Um, there after you finish the game the first time, you get the the one ending. There's no multiple endings for the first playthrough, but after that, you can earn two other endings. Uh, one by one by doing, much like how in the first game you had that UFO ending, you have to do a bunch of weird stuff, but there's another like completely ridiculous cartoon ending to this game uh, that I looked up online. I still don't know how you earn it, but uh, again, it involves aliens and uh, and is very, very jokey uh, compared to the... It, it doesn't feel to fit the rest of the game at all. I don't know if either of you guys bothered with the other endings for this. Oh, yeah. I, I, I've gotten them in the past. Um, uh, the UFO ending, the good thing is, if you're wanting to get that, you've probably played through the game a few times. It, it only lasts up to you get to the apartment. Um, that's as far as you have to make it, just to your home, um, and then you'll get it. So it, it's uh, kind of merciful. Okay. Uh, you know, Silent, Silent Hill 2, you had to make it all the way to that hotel at the end. 
So yeah, I mean, you basically had to play through the game in its entirety. So uh, this one was a little more merciful. Uh, they only make you play, you know, about a third of the way through before you can land. Well, what do you guys think of this game? I, I really like this game. Mm-hmm. In the in the trilogy of Silent Hills, I would probably put this behind Silent Hill Two and Silent Hill One. I think it's a better playing game than both of those, but I, I still think it didn't quite make the impact on me that the the first two games did. Mm. Uh, plus a different kind of tone to it. I really like that it was a sequel, and I loved that. I loved seeing what you know became that whole story from the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I kept being like, ah, you know, Silent Hill Two is is still such a high bar. And um, as much as I like three, and just there's things about it that I love, but then there's, I'm just like, eh, which, which way do you guys go out of the three now that we finally covered all three of these fuckers? I would have to say I would go two first. Two is my favorite so far. Cause again, I think the story had more of a connection to me. Like I actually felt like at the end of that game, like I had to sit there for a second and just take it in where this game, I was like, yep, I finished a game. Good for me. I watched the credits, and I saw what you get to, like, earn some extra weapons you can use on another playthrough or whatever, and I was like, let me see what the other endings would be, and I moved on. But, like, that second one, when I finished it, I was like, wow, that was a lot. Uh, this this game, though, mm-hmm. I still think is... The end of the first game is kind of a mess, as I recall. The end of the first game, I felt like it was a lot of me running just through greats and just trying to get to the end. It was And the system could barely handle what was going on uh, for that game towards the end. So I think 3 plays a lot better than 1 and has the same effect story as the first one did on me. I thought the end of the first game, because again, it gets into, oh, they're trying to bring God in the world and you're going to shoot God down. It's like, okay, whatever. Like it wasn't, it didn't have the emotional impact that 2 had uh, and didn't play nearly as well as 3. So I'd go 2, 3, 1, but I, I don't I don't think 2 and 3 are very close. I think 2 really is like a next level up on this. But that said, for a survival horror game, this is still top tier survival horror. No question about it. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's so close. And I talked about it, the struggle I have. But I, it's still, two's going to get a slight edge. because. Uh, and Jeremy P kind of touched on it. It's It just has more of an impactful story. It's more of a, it's more of a journey. Two is. Uh, yeah, this is a romp. Yeah, two is a journey. It, it's, a, it's an emotionally taxing journey journey and yeah two has that that ending that still sticks with me um and and it's so sad Uh, it it has such a sad cloud hanging over that game um whereas this one i i will loosely use the word fun i it's the fun silent hill i i I, you know it's in the world of silent hill this one is i mean it's slightly more colorful i guess um, you know, your protagonist slightly is more youthful. Um, you know, you get you get things like the amusement park and uh, with with that fucking kick ass haunted house. Um, but uh, two definitely is. I, two is the one that kind of sticks with you story wise. I, I remember a lot more beats from it. Um, I, I felt like the gameplay in this one was uh, was tightened up just a little bit. It, not a lot. Uh, it, there weren't a lot of technological advances in the controls made here. Uh, it, it looks marginally marginally better. Uh, I think the sound design in this one, um, I've talked about throughout the episode, I, I think it's heads and tails a big improvement. Soundtrack is uh, really good. The soundtrack is fucking awesome. Uh, it... it I'll go as far as to say it probably has the two has some of my favorite tracks, but this one has a, a greater uh, a greater number 
of really solid tracks to it. This is a soundtrack I can actually listen to. There were yeah, yeah. Like, Silent Hill Two has like two songs in it that I yeah. can listen to. The rest is industrial mess. Uh, yeah. This one is like it. I remember I actually got the the music CD with my pre order um, mm-hmm. back in the day, and it was a CD that I played a lot of because it, this one actually has some really good arrangements throughout yeah. the entire game. Uh, yeah. It's just not a not a bunch of fucking metal clanking on shit. Yeah, it, it's it, it does uh, everything sound wise in this one is heads and tails above the others. I mean, uh, two is at the top. Two's at the top of the mountain. I mean, Silent Hill Two is at the top of the survival horror mountain. Not just the Silent Hill Mountain, um, and and then three, and, and then one, uh, and one's not far behind. And that, and putting one last amongst those three games is no insult by far. Um, it, it it has some mighty company where it's at. But uh, you know that's that's the top three. But I, it's safe to assume that next year we're gonna be doing we're gonna be doing a top four. our thoughts on Silent Hill 3. Uh, yet another fascinating trip into the Silent Hill franchise. Uh, yes, next year we'll probably go into 4 if I can find a way to get a copy of it. It is not something I can download on the Xbox 360, so I'll have to see if I can buy a physical copy. But you know, I have a whole year to find out if that happens or not. But what we have right now is something we have at the end of every show. You can go to our website, retrovania.net, the very bottom, underneath all the links to our social media pages and this podcast and our Patreon and everything else, there's a question form. You can write questions to us, and we'll answer them on the show like we're going to do right now. And I believe, again, we've got a ton to go through. We do. And i got to dig through the, uh, the horrifying pit of mail that we have accumulated here at the Retrovaniacs uh, underground cave. Mm-hmm. And the first one's actually going to come from Billy the Ass Master Fish Holiday. <laughs> and... I what's like the cut of this. I like the cut of this guy's jib right here. I figured you would. And what's on his mind is fishing. With the recent release of both Moonglow Bay and Bassmaster Fishing 2022 yeah. on Xbox Game Pass, <laughs> let's fucking go. When are you guys gonna do another episode of Gone Fishing? And as an extra follow-up question, what do you think the sexiest fish is? I don't know how to answer that well, last I'd... part. I, the last part, I, Gone Fishing's coming soon. Yes, if I'm not mistaken, we're well, going we're gonna to hit you with one of those. We'll have one in November. November's third bonus episode will be another Gone Fishing. There you go. Something to be thankful for <laughs> when you sit down at, at when you sit down at the Thanksgiving table and everyone's sharing it. You can say thank fuck uh, the Retrovaniacs put out that second Gone Fishing episode. I ain't hearing no sexy fish. No, hmm. I, I, I feel I feel like. If anybody attempted to answer that, it would just it would be met with that's the kind of thing that would be held over you. I'm gonna go I, with I think catfish. We're... Catfish is probably the mm. sexiest fish. Mm. I, I think I have to go with pufferfish. Very sexy fish. I mean, yeah, yeah. I guess. I mean, if you want pain, then there you go. Bet uh, no one expects us to actually answer that question. <laughs> I, you know, I, I'm trying to, to give these people their money's worth for their free question that they drunkenly typed in on our contact form. And that's really all I can think about. So, uh, catfish from me, pufferfish from Jeremy. Um, no, no comment. Fucking, 
Give me uh, something. I, you have uh, goddamn maybe fucking rainbow trout. I don't know. He's gonna pick a magic yeah, color. Huh? A magic carp. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> so we will we will do another episode of Gone Fishing very soon. Keep your mm-hmm. eye out. Keep your ears listening. Anyway, our next question comes from Walkover, and uh, he says, "This is why you guys are so great." Oh, I've I, got like, two... I like this one. <laughs> We're always up for those. I've got two jobs, and on a regular week, I work about fifty-five hours. I've got three mm. kids. We live in an old house that constantly needs repairs, and not to mention the three cars that also always need something fixed. I don't want to complain too much, but sometimes life just takes all the energy out of you. This week, I thought about all this while working, and what's the point of it all if you never get time to relax and enjoy life? While feeling this low, I listened to episode 99. When Jeremy read the question, do you like pee? <laughs> you guys remember that that fine question that involved a, uh, yes. the Ford F-150 uh, getting pissed yeah. at. Uh, the pinnacle of, of our podcast. Well, he says, I thought, great. Now someone has destroyed this podcast too. Al- almost. <laughs> we were the, just about there. <clears throat> then when Billy took the question so seriously, I smiled. And when Jeremy P. just avoided the question by stating he's a great fan of it, I smiled even more. <laughs> and then Jeremy G. kind of didn't know what to say, but that he wouldn't actually make a YouTube video of, of peeing on himself in a car. God, I laughed and laughed, and then I just stopped thinking. It must have been a month since I'd laughed that much. Mm. It's the same way you guys take on reviews of a game that's of low quality or high. You always always give it your all. That's true. And it makes my life better listening to you. So thank you. If you don't want to read all of that, I've actually got a question for you. What newer retro-style games do you recommend? My personal favorite lately are, of course, Metroid Dread and a shmup called Skyforce Reloaded on Switch. Again, thank you. Oh, well, I mean, well, a, a sincere thank you um, for listening. I, I'm always, I always love hearing that uh, more than anything, because I, I'm a big fan of, you know, finding, finding different things to help you escape, like, you know, stressful times, just you know, overall shit you got to put up with. So if our discussion of whether or not we like pee um, did that for you, then that, that's, that's wonderful. Um, but as far as, um, retro styled games uh there is there's a couple uh I, you know of course there's my fucking stardew valley but I, I think that one's pretty pretty well known quantity at this point one of my favorites on the switch is and I, I i think i recommended this on the the discord maybe i don't know if i ever spoke it about here was that a mech extermination force um which, which controls very much like a you know kind of like a contra like a 16-bit contra but the whole thing is just giant robot boss fights and that's that's all it is. Uh, you just you the stage is a big robot boss. They have a weakness. Um, it, it, it's got almost a shadow of Colossus thing going, where you have to figure out how to traverse this boss and climb up it to get to that weak point. It, it's, it's it's an awesome game. Um, it, it's definitely a throwback to to kind of a Contra type game. Uh, I I give that one a, a hearty recommend. But um, you know, hopefully we'll 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 keep you entertained decently. Um. Yeah, if that comes at the expense of more bodily fluid questions, I sure hope it doesn't. Uh, um, you but, mentioned you know, it's happening; so, it'll happen. So be it. Maybe, maybe I'm trying to secretly will it. And, and no, I, I, I hope not. 
I hope not. I hope not too. I hope not too. We got you got we got to have our standards. Uh, as far as I think we talked about this when it was new, what Cyber Shadow that came out this this past year for the Switch, uh, a bunch of systems, mm-hmm. but I played on the Switch. That was really, mm-hmm. really or not the Switch. I played on the PS4. It doesn't matter. That's a really good one. I, I enjoyed that a lot. That's yeah. that kind of Ninja Gaiden style um, action game, but you know, sci-fi. Uh, I was looking through things I bought recently. I did buy finally that Alex Kidd remake. Uh, that just came mm-hmm. out. That came out earlier this year as well. Uh, you know, they actually did a fair amount of work on it. They still didn't change the things that make it a, a game that you don't like. Uh, but, but I, uh, I do like what they did with it. It's very, very cartoony. You can do that thing where there's a button that switches between new graphics and old graphics, and new sound and old sound, which I really like uh, when games offer that. So that, that's one if you're looking for a, a retro game and have any familiarity with the original Alex Kidd Miracle World. The the new uh, remaster or whatever is is excellent. And then, uh, you know, I've talked about the last couple shows, uh, but I still think I should mention Lumo yet again. I think it's still on sale for $2. Uh, another excellent game that is is kind of that Solstice-style action top-down um, puzzle game. So the, almost all the games I play, I, I think, are very retro-themed. I I almost am, would argue with you that Metroid Dread is not a retro game. I mean, it's, it's a 2D action game, but it's top dollar. Excellent game. I, I kind of hate to call it retro. It's, it's retro-inspired, I guess, uh, but that's because it's Metroid. What else would it be? Yeah, and you know, don't don't get too down on yourself. I don't want to speak for these guys, but I'm going to speak for these guys. It's been mm. a rough year for all of us. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's it's just good uh, little. It's, it's there's nothing like a shit year to follow up a shit year. Yeah, uh, it's been a you know we got a couple of years going on now, uh, so it, it's been a very rough year for for all of us. So, you know, I, I myself included. It's it's uh, you know you wonder how you can get through sometimes with just all the stuff that happens. Mm-hmm. And uh, all you can do is just get up and keep going and finding that one, a few little things here and there that, that just make you smile. And if we can manage to do that, especially with a question about someone asking if we like pee, then mm-hmm. I think we've accomplished something. <laughs> um, so thank you, Walkover, for, for writing in. Yeah. Uh, hopefully things, things get better for all of us pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Anyway, our next question comes in from Mark, and he wants to know about Super Nintendo Tournament. Hey all, I'm seeking re- recommendations for one versus one Super NES games for middle school age students. My mm. brother-in-law is a middle school math teacher and has a Super NES in his classroom. He lets students play Super Mario World during lunchtime and wants to set up a tournament of some sort for the kids. He asked me for game recommendations that could work in a tournament setup during lunch hour. The original games that came to mind were Tetris and Super Mario Kart. Do you have any other recommendations that I can pass along? Oh, you gotta you gotta get Street Fighter Two out. Um, I, any of your fighting games, Street Fighter Two, you know your your Killer Instincts, you know fucking you know. Oh God, what's that fucking shit? When I made you guys play during fight fighting game, Doomsday Dude, Warrior. All right, I'll, I'll just start over. on Nintendo start Life over? on NintendoLife.com. Uh, here's a fun fact. They ranked every Nintendo Switch online game, and that is the last place game. <laughs> Are you serious? Duty That's Day fucking, uh, There's some real shit. But yeah, Doomsday Warrior. Damn it. Put it on there. Put it on there. Go ahead. Buy any of those, uh, any of the fighting games would be great. Uh, you know, preferably maybe your, your Street Fighter 2, your Street Fighter 2 Turbo, you know, uh, fucking throw Clay Fighter on the Clay Fighter. Woo. Uh, there's plenty. Um, F Zero is a good one. That's only one long. player though. Oh, is oh, it was wasn't it? Yeah, I thought about that too. But it's oh, yeah. it's one player unless you're playing for time, and that's a long game to watch someone play to play. For 
Um, I mean, the obvious to me would be Super Bomberman 2. Throw that on oh, there. Hail. That's that on its own. You could just do that. It's going to cause fist fights. That's the best game. Um, yeah, Mario Kart. Yeah. You already mentioned. I, I think that's an easy one that you could play tournament, especially the battle mode in, in Super Mario Kart rules. Mm-hmm. Um, the newer versions battle modes are awful, but that one was great. And um, yeah, I mean, yeah, fighting games. I guess I don't know if that's appropriate for depending what kind of school age kids you're talking about, um, or if that's going to just cause more fights. Uh, but Bomberman. Bomberman's my bet. My uh, my pick. <laughs> I would Doom, I, Doomsday I, Doomsday Warrior. That's not what you were Doomsday looking Doomsday Warrior is not what I was looking up. Um, but I, you know, I'm kind of with Billy. I I grew up one v one was all fighting game, so I can't really think of anything besides that. You know, maybe like NBA Jam. But I mm, I, I would jam. Think you would, you'd want your your students to not like hurt each other by the time you know you you win. So mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what NBA Jam would cause. Somebody's just going to throw a punch eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, God, you know, there's a lot that I can't really think of. Um, you know, I would comb the, the, the dregs of, uh, the, the Super NES fighting game catalog because there's plenty out there. Um, but I, I do like the idea of the, the game take turns, you know, it's a two player thing, but, um, you know, one person plays a level and then another person plays a level and I can't, there's one that I was trying to think of and I just can't think of it. Like Super Off Road was fun. You could play Super Off Road. Uh, but yeah, thank you, Mark. That's actually a really interesting question, and that makes me really mad that I didn't get to do that when I was in school. Mm-hmm. Uh, instead, I got to to sit in a lunchroom and and hope that I didn't get food thrown at me by more popular kids. Mm. Your youth is very dark. <laughs> I, you know, I went to pu- a lot of inner city public schools. All right, that's just mm-hmm. how it was around here. The only time that I ever got over on the the lunch crowd kids was the time that we went, we skipped out of lunch and we went to Taco Bell Mm. and we thought we were the coolest fucking kids in the world. And then what did our dumbasses do? Because we thought we were so cool. We're like, let's just go back inside into the lunchroom where everyone's sitting with our Taco Bell bags and drinks. They'll think they won't ever pick on us again, right? No, of course not. Nope. So we walked in with our cool-ass Taco Bell stuff, and the fucking vice principal was sitting right next to the door that we walked in. in. <laughs> Instant. Like, we didn't even get three feet in until he said, turn around and go back out. And we got, we got suspended for fucking four days for that shit. <laughs> so um, it's the only time I've ever been suspended, because I tried to, tried to be... Over Don't Taco ever try Bell. to be cool, kids. Anyway, Thomas J... Of San Jose, that's a great name, Has he's probably thinking about video games. Hey guys, first time writing in for me. I've been listening to your podcast for about half a year now or so, and will put it in the top three gaming podcasts I've ever listened to. Goddamn. He forgot well, to say he's only listened to three gaming podcasts, but I still appreciate that's it. Three. <laughs> that's how many I listen to, um, minus uh, the, the other two that I barely listen to. Uh, anyway... I like listening while driving and on slower days at work. It also helps me to fall asleep. Now, hang on just a minute. That wasn't an insult. Y'all have pleasant voices that help me relax to prepare for a good night's sleep. Besides, what could be more relaxing than the southern drawl of Billie Holiday? Oh, Oh, I'm turning red. Thank you. (laughs) Anyway, I was wondering if any of you are familiar with the 1991 NES game Metal Storm. I don't recall if it was mentioned on the podcast before or not. I didn't know about it when I was a kid, but discovered it about 10 years ago in my 20s. 
It was a fun run and gun game with a clever mechanic where you can reverse gravity, which was essential for progressing through the game. It reminds me of Mega Man 5's Gravity Man stage, but for an entire game. If it wasn't a game that you played for the podcast yet, it may be a fitting game selection. In any case, I'm interested in your thoughts about Metal Storm. Keep up the great work. Looking forward to future podcasts. And thanks for reading what I had to say. I, I will say Metal Storm is a new one for me. Um, I, I, I looked it up real quick as soon as you mentioned it. Now, I'm not familiar with this one. I, I This is not one I have, have tackled. But um, I, that's... The gravity thing sounds like a neat mechanic, though, to, to throw into a game. Yeah, I'm also not familiar with this. I'm looking at the graphics for it now, and it's not one I played, so maybe that is one worth checking out. I always like, uh, mm -hmm. especially if someone can compare it to, Metal, to Mega Man, I'm in. Uh, no, I actually, I haven't played Metal Storm. I've heard of it. But yeah, I mean, that could be a cool gimmick for a, a mm -hmm. podcast. Uh, we will put that on the list. And if you're not a, uh, a Patreon, uh, you know, we'll, we, you get that free list. It gets on there. But I'm sure Jeremy P. could tell you all the benefits of actually becoming a Patreon. Well, at the very least, if you join us, uh, you get the extra bonus shows. Right now, it's three bonus shows a month. But at, at the, uh, the the highest rate, you get to force us to cover your game. So if you, you want us to cover Metal Slug, and it's the only thing, not Metal Slug, uh, which we've already covered. Uh, if you want us to cover Metal Storm, and, uh, and you just can't wait for us to eventually get to it, because, you know, there's a handful of other games we haven't covered that have been made for Retro Systems. It's worth saying, um, there's also, um, I keep a special list for people that compliment me on having a soothing voice. And, and we'll see it. what we can We'll see what we can do about that metal storm. Join us next week when we do metal storm. <laughs> metal storm. Oh, God. I wondered how some of these games got picked. You know, <laughs> All right. But anyway, thank you, Thomas J. of San Jose, for writing in. We will definitely check out Metal Storm at some yeah. point in the future. Our next question comes in from Late to Gaming, and he wants to know about local hey. restaurants. We've heard about your fast food preferences, but how about restaurants from your childhood, specifically local restaurants? Movies from the 80s, 90s always feature a local pizza place or a diner where the kids hang out or work. Did you guys have anything like that? On a related note, did you have any dairy bars? That's That term seems very regional. So I'm curious <laughs> if you had have those in your area. Thanks for doing what you do. What is a like dairy a bar? <laughs> I, I think it's a fucking like a dairy, dairy bar. Is. It's like a Dairy Queen. You sure about that? I'm pretty sure, but that's like a term that I don't think has been used since like the fifties. Dairy bar. I'm gonna look it up. Right like there. a like a milkshake place. Is that what we're talking yes. about? Yeah, like, like, I was just uh, thinking yeah. like guys drinking milk like in Clockwork Orange. Like I was Clockwork <laughs> Orange. Like the fucking going going bar. Yeah, it's like but, an ice cream I, shop. I, I okay. No, Hold on, I got. Uh, I, I, we had a Dairy Queen. That's about it. Um, okay, here's the no, official. Um, uh, definition yeah get that what is this a dairy bar a snack bar that sells ice cream and other refreshments well so shit call it an ice cream bar well i guess an ice cream bar is an item right that you'd buy at a dairy bar <laughs> that you buy at the dairy that's right <laughs> all right when i we in in my town and once I, i've talked about how small the fucking town was i grew up in uh we had it we did have a dairy queen i mean that's the closest thing to a dairy bar that, that we had uh we didn't have like one of those one of those independent ones um god as far as local places uh we we did have tony's pizza uh which was really fucking sound pizza it's still there 
uh, in the town of Virginia I grew up in, actually. Um, well, it's not the same building. He He's since gone on to have a bigger one. And the pizza's still fucking great. Um, I mean, you know, gives me the shits every time. But that's not Tony's fault. That's just, you know, that's me and my, my fragile stomach. Um, but no, uh, Tony's Pizza was big uh, when I was growing up. Um, I, I wouldn't have like a diner or anything like that. Um, until I was maybe in my, my mid teens, mid to late teens. And we would go, uh, when we would go to Winston-Salem, North Carolina, which I would end up moving to in my late teens. We had Cagney's, Cagney's Diner. Um, I had North Carolina. This was in the, the late nineties, early two thousands. So of course, when you walked in, you were greeted by a wall of cigarette smoke. Um, because I, it was so awesome. This place, the non-smoking section. And the smoking section were just, they were separated by like a, just a, just a little, not a full wall. It wasn't an enclosed area. It's like a little partition separated the two. Um, yeah, like a little partition it was about waist height, you know? So, I mean, smoke would just roll over into the entire restaurant, but it lent to the charm. Um, I, Cagney's was the closest thing to a diner. Um, I would go there and, and, you know, with some friends and we, we would have lunch there fairly often. Uh, my first job was near there, and that's you know, kind of where all of our like, co-workers would go for dinner some days after work. Uh, but that's about it. Yeah, growing up, uh, we, we we had just the regular fast food places in town. Um, my, my, my folks, you know, we, we usually did a lot of cooking in. Um, and Tony's Pizza was about it in town. And Dairy Queen, the only dairy bar, if, if you know, if they classify as a dairy bar. I moved enough as a kid because my parent, my dad was military that like, I don't know about the little places I live, what the cool places the older kids hung out in. Because by the time I moved to Maryland, which is where I am now, is, is where I, you know, was old enough to get a car. And then I knew where the kids hung out for cars. So here, unfortunately, the downside of living in suburban Maryland outside of the Washington, D.C. area is there aren't a lot of great non-chain uh, offerings. Mm. I mean, there's a lot of great restaurants that are not chains like there's a great Indian place near me and there's a good Thai place near me and all that stuff but like that's not where a bunch of kids are going to hang out uh for an evening so everyone here hung out outside of the Dunkin Donuts where they would show their cars off uh despite the Dunkin Donuts isn't that exciting but there was a big parking lot next to it the uh, diners here like the Double T Diner which I think is a chain of diners but that was a place people would go hang out Friendlies because there was a Friendlies right there uh that's now closed but that was a place like in high school kids would want to hang out I I also wasn't cool enough to hang out with a lot of people that uh, that hung out with their cars. At that point, I was in bands, so I was going to pretend I was cool by going to see bands. So that's what I did on my weekend nights. But I know people were hanging out at those other places I just mentioned. Uh, and then all the other local places that would be cool hangouts were once I was 21 and you'd go to bars. And then, you know, there were plenty of those. But, uh, but as far as places that, like, a local cool place that kids hung out, they were all chains here, which is really weird. I, it was mostly chains for me, too, because, you know, I, I played a Little League Baseball and if we won and our coach had actually received his paycheck from work, we would either go to Dairy Queen or McDonald's. McDonald's if he had got a pretty good paycheck. And I remember that shit really well. It was it was That's where we went and hung out. Uh, but I guess if you're wanting to go for a, a diner, we have a diner here that's actually not very far away from where I live called Edwards Drive-In or Edwards Diner. It's been featured on Man Vs. Food. And um, I don't think it's worth anyone ever mentioning, but it's kind of a <laughs> local famous thing. I've never really liked it that much, but it's been here since I was a kid, and I have fond memories of my dad taking me over there. 
and eating a really bad tenderloin sandwich or a, mm. a tasteless burger. Uh, but <laughs> if you go on Google Maps and look up Edwards Drive-In in Indianapolis, you can actually look across the street from it and see the place where I will go whenever a, an actual zombie outbreak happens. Oh, um, shit. Because it is something that every time I drive past there, I point out, it's like, that's where I'm going to go when the zombies come because it's absolutely perfect. Um, but yeah, that's really about it. And as far as like dairy bars go, I mean, we just had a Dairy Queen. Uh, there's more local. Once you get outside the city, that's a much more local thing uh, as far as like independent places because um, you know, my, my friend lived up in uh, Lebanon, Indiana for a while and they have a place called Milky Way and it's a really great kind of ice cream place. So once you get out, out from the city, I think you see a lot more of those kind of places. Um, and I really do enjoy those. So it's it's just a shame that here in the city we're kind of limited to uh, to your Dairy Queens, and that's about it. Yes, thank you, late the to play, the place. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm on Google Earth. The place you're talking about does it have like a bunch of fucking stacks? Yeah, yeah. There's like <laughs> that is, it's it, it's it's a, a very ominous looking structure. It's been abandoned for I think about three hundred years. Holy shit. Uh, but it's just amazing. It's every time you drive by, I'm just like, I'm gonna go up there and just chill, and that's it. You know, I'll cut the stairs off. <laughs> Good to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's what's over there. Uh, it's it's uh, it's. I've always just kind of wanted to to go over there and walk around and check it out, but I'm, I'm mm -hmm. too scared. And our next question comes in from Ballsacker, and uh, he wants he's. <laughs> says this is the best show on the webs with a z at thank the end you. so you know thank you serious. thank you thank you ball sacker <laughs> should i i'm gonna spell that b-a-l-l-s-a-c-o-r ball sacor ball sack let's fancy hey all love the show you guys have the rhythm and nobody even close not a question but i imagine you all look different than your pictures on the website after seeing jeremy p I wish I hadn't. Oh, yes. mm. my, my God. Man, very hurtful. Very hurtful. Damn. Moment of silence. What What can be said? Jeez, I, we look fine. Was that the end of the question? Was just a slight that was which is that fine, was but that's, uh, that's painful. <laughs> that is painful. You know, it's okay. My mom loves me, and that's all that matters. Oh. Talking about having a bad year and... Just shit all over Jeremy P like that. God damn. I actually think we look. I mean, I don't know. I think you guys look pretty much exactly like the picture that's on the website. Uh, and, yeah. and I mean, not the cartoon versions of us. Those are obviously much better looking versions of ourselves. But the other pictures look pretty much exactly the same. Um, you know, I look great from certain angles. You know what? I'm not going to defend myself. It's fine. <laughs> I think we. I think we look fine. I we're all regular people. We don't Whew. look like mutants. We can present ourselves in society. And not have to worry about people like staring us down or throwing food at us. So I, you know, I think we're all right. I think we're leagues above most other podcasts. So I'll put that out there. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, but anyway, thank you, Ballsacker, for ruining Jeremy P's year further. It's okay. Damn. Um, <laughs> our next Ooh. question. Actually, this isn't so much a question, but I. Read <laughs> <to> read this. <laughs> uh, this guy wants to wonder why Jeremy smells so bad. Oh man. <laughs> <He's> just, <laughs> God damn, they found out through the podcast. Um, this comes from Kevin. He said, I had a dream I was on the phone with you RV guys as you made a stop during your travel through Wisconsin. 
You guys were apparently visiting some places in Wisconsin and were in a hotel talking to me on the phone. Guess I wasn't cool enough to join you in person, though. Thanks. Uh, wow. So, again, that didn't happen. So I'm not going <laughs> to apologize for not, not meeting you in a dream you had where your dream was to talk to us on the phone. Uh, I would love to go to Wisconsin, though, and, and have a lot of food. I actually was one of the places I had lived when I was a child was outside of Milwaukee. And, uh, and I would love to go back up there for sausage uh, and, uh, mm. and cheese. But, uh, but, yeah, you know what? If you live in the Wisconsin area and I go up there for sausage and cheese, I will gladly meet you for a meal. Uh, or, or we could go even farther north than where I assume you live and we'll go to a Packers game so I can get their brachos, uh, the only mm. fast food item at a, at a, uh, at a, a football stadium I want to get because I can't get it here is bratwurst-covered nachos, brachos. Whoa. Damn. And I, I don't really talk on the phone. So if, if in your dream I was talking to you on the phone, that's 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 high praise, high I, praise. You in and know of this Kevin Billy. You know him. So you you slighted him. Is this part? Is this is this fucking? Oh, it's Party Boy Kevin. <laughs> we have we know a guy named Party. Or you guys know a guy named Party Boy Kevin. Well, I mean that you know really that's just that's a street name. Um, <laughs> But, uh, no, uh, hell of a mustache I saw on him one year. Uh, if it, it's it, if it's the Kevin I'm thinking about. God damn, how could we do this to Kevin? He's the nicest person I know. Oh, he's a nice guy. Oh, he's a super nice guy. And Kevin, we 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 would be there to see you. We uh, would. We would not. We would not just restrict it to phone conversation. Be there first thing. Um, you know, and I would have I would have a big Milwaukee's best for you. That's right, and I would too, uh, along with with several uh, cans of wet food. <laughs> that is a, a personal joke that he will only get, but whatever. Anyway, our la- bringing this podcast back <laughs> to, to something that makes sense. Um, our last question, we're going to bring it home tonight uh, because I think this podcast has gone on for like three hours now. Um, this one comes in from Nil, and he wants to know what our captain in power team would be. Hello, Retrovaniacs. Imagine you get sucked into a Captain Inn-like video game world. What 8- or 16-bit era characters would you want as your sidekicks, and who would be your main villain? That's a damn oh, good God. question. That's a really that's, good question. That's, that is a tough one. I, I, I think there are some obvious ones. You would want... Uh, you'd want, goddamn, you'd want Simon. Simon Belmont on the case for you. I, uh, God, you want fucking Mega Man, wouldn't you? Well, the problem is, if you're going with the versions that were on Captain N, though, you don't want either of those characters. Like, you want no, them in your mind, you no, but you don't want the yeah. ones who are actually on the show. Everyone everyone was a little little inept on Captain Ian. Um, I, as far as villains go, I was always... And, and you know, those, those 8-bit villains were not the most fleshed out. But I was always a, a little bit of a Ganon man over Bowser. Uh, you know, he, he, he presented just a little bit darker... Uh, so I, I think that would be the villain there. Uh, fucking squad you assemble, though. Uh, fuck. That's a tough one. I mean, I'd, I'd still have to go with, with Pitt from Kid Icarus, despite that, again, on the show, he wasn't great. He was the less, like, less awful character on there um, compared to Simon Belmont, who was absolutely terrible. Um, I would go with uh, Bert the Demon from Monster Party. Because uh, oh. why not? That's a good choice. If I could, in fact, get Bert and uh, and the boy together as one character, they could just transform when he ate pills. That would be great. I would do um, 
the Mikey from Goonies 2 because it's the best NES game of all time, so why would you not do that? Samus, because I'm playing a lot of Metroid Dread, and I think she may have even been on that show, but I don't recall. Uh, is enemies, though, that's tough because Mother Brain was the main enemy on the show before. Um, they had other ones that were there, the, the Eggplant Wizard and uh, King Hippo were, were other enemies on there. But but who's, like, the best 16-bit enemy? Um, I'd have to go with, like, that's tough. Enemy's a tough one because almost all of them are pretty lame when you really think about what they would do, and those are, like, the, the ones that were famous, right? Ganon's a good choice, but he already had his own show uh, where he was the bad guy on the, the Link cartoon that was around on the Fridays for the uh, Mario Brothers Super Show. Um, yeah. I'm going to hey, go can, with, can, uh, uh, the, the main, the main bad guy from, um, shoot, never mind. I'll, I'll come back, come back to my, I'm going to come back to my villain. I think we're a good villain. I, I, you know, that, I, who would be a good fit that, that King K rule would, would possibly yeah. be a strong, a strong hand to put in there. And I'm also, God damn it, we need some muscle on the team. I'm going to throw Little Mac in there. Yeah, that's pretty good. I I would personally go with Ryu uh, on, on my side. Uh, Samus, because I would look at her. I would never speak to her. I'd just look at her from across the room. Um, and uh, as far as enemies go, I, maybe like Red Falcon from Contra. I always thought that mm. that was a, a really cool enemy mm. that was never... Um, <sighs> never done much with you know no. he was always something really cool and neat but as far as like why he was doing things and and what was up with him as personal thoughts and feelings uh really never explained he just really didn't like earth i think he just he just really kind of wanted to set it on fire a lot so uh i i would i'd like to see more of like what red falcon could be as an enemy that could speak or, mm. or how he could be represented on captain mm. n which could pro- would just be the most ridiculous thing that you could possibly imagine. Um, but as far as like other people I'd grab, I don't know. Kirby, I, I don't know. I like him. He's round. <laughs> I like him because he's round. <laughs> that's, that's what I got. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I, I was thinking, trying to think of the, the enemy's name. Gygus from Earthbound. That's the ultimate bad guy. Uh, that, that way the yeah. end of whatever the Captain Enbirds that I'm on would just be batshit insane. I'm down with that. That's fine with me. Anyway, that's going to do it for us. Thank you, Neil, for writing in. Uh, we could probably think on that question for several days, especially while, uh, you know, filled with alcohol and come up with like 30 different uh, answers. So uh, that's going to do it. We've done it. Uh, we've still got a lot of questions to go through. Again, if you uh, didn't, if you written in and you didn't hear it on this episode, we have a backlog. We're, we're getting to it eventually. And if we continue to receive uh, the questions like we have been, we're just going to have to do some sort of Q&A session mm-hmm. uh, by itself because we just don't have the time to fit all of these questions into a podcast. Otherwise, the podcast would be three hours long, and I don't think Jeremy P. wants to edit that. No, so, that would uh, be a week of editing. A week of editing. <laughs> but in the meantime, if you do still want to get in and, and throw your question in there that we will eventually get to, go to Retrovania.net. Scroll mm-hmm. all the way down past all the stuff that's never updated because I'm a lazy fucker and f- find our uh, contact form best on the internet. Fill it out, send it in, and we will receive it and we'll do our best to eventually get to your question and answer it like we did all these fine folks on this episode. 
And for our regular listeners that are not Patreon members, this is the end of our Halloween coverage for 2021. Our sixth or seventh Halloween, I can never remember which one, but we've covered uh, now all three of the first Silent Hills and many Resident Evils and many other horror games. But starting next month, we're back to regular games, including some patron picks. Have a great Halloween, and we will see you next time. <laughs>